Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast on Tuesday, the 3rd of August, with me, Peter Watson. Today, I'm joined by Leanne Time, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hello, Peter. I'm doing really, really great. Thank you. How are you? Feeling hungry because uh, we did a, a pre-Zoom uh, you know, chat, actually, and Leanne was talking a lot about food. And it made me feel really quite hungry. <laughs> uh, so, so that's how I'm feeling today. Um, but anyway, uh, Leanne, <laughs> uh, which <laughs> maybe that, that, that gives a bit away. But what, what is your, um, uh, your favourite story of today uh, from yeah, Watson's Daily? Uh, my was about the recent regulations by the New York City Council. Yeah, because um, they're discussing with... it at the moment. That's what they're doing. Yeah, so yeah, the discussion, sorry. Yeah. About, with regards to new regulations on, um, or restrictions on food delivery services. So the yeah. Grubhubs, um, for example. And I thought that was very interesting just because of how prevalent and how relevant food delivery services has, have been, especially over the past year. Yeah. And I think that a story like this yeah. really highlights a kind of um, turning point and what could be a big change for the, the industry uh, in the future. Mm. Um, so I thought it was uh, interesting that they wanted to, well, are discussing changes that could potentially save the, the smaller um, smaller restaurants and not the big kind of big chains like the McDonald's, yeah. the, what they would the pop <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the way you're trying to do the accents as well. <laughs> My mom and pop shops. <laughs> I see. I'm, I see. I can't do that accent. I mean, you're you're a languages student. So I mean, can't, you know, you should you should be able to sort this out. You know. I mean, you know. Uh, anyway, no. So, um, what do you, you know? What sort of um, what sort of restrictions are they are they uh, thinking of doing then? Yeah. So um, I read that they would attempt. Oh, talking about limiting the commission. Yeah. Uh, at these these platforms can take so i i, I read that they, they take sometimes up to 35 percent, which was a huge amount i thought yeah for those small businesses that aren't raking in lots of money and mm-hmm. can't afford like mcdonald's maybe can to to spend five yeah. percent on commission yeah. um and also another measure that i read that they were discussing was including the um the restaurant's phone number and yeah. this kind of i i wasn't so sure necessarily be a good one in terms of well when thinking about my personal preferences and experiences when ordering delivery which you know I do quite a lot Peter yeah uh, let's let's (laughs) let's just pause on that and just say that Leanne it turns out is a major fan of takeout on you so (laughs) so yeah so so everyone all the listeners on this podcast make sure you listen very closely no no pressure Leanne right because (laughs) She is the expert, so please go ahead. <laughs> Enlighten us with your, your insight. Yeah, so I feel like I go to apps like Deliveroo or Uber Eats for the convenience of not having to speak to anyone. I can keep watching my Netflix show, press a few buttons, and then my food will conveniently turn up between episodes. That's yeah. my how I <laughs> That's do. so good. <laughs> yeah, anyway, carry on. I've got this mental picture now. You were just held <laughs> up on the sofa... You're sitting there with your phone, watching Netflix. And you're thinking, right, I'm going to eat this, this, and this, um, and then boom! It's just like it's a magical <laughs> evening. 
my ideal evening. But the thing is, I think the inclusion of a phone number, having to pause my Netflix show to call up the restaurant, I think that kind of takes the fun out of it. And that right, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily have to reach to delivery for that. I could yeah, think, yeah. hmm, this is my favourite Chinese restaurant. Let me just call them directly. So that's yeah. why I'm not too sure about that measure actually yeah. helping. And it yeah. would be more so people continuing to use platforms like Deliveroo. And then in the case of an issue with the food or something, a complaint rather, mm. then people would tend to reach for that phone to, to the restaurant. Because as, as it stands, that's not how it works. And you have to kind of go through Uber or go through whichever app you're using. Right. Um, but then another, the final kind of... Um, discussion point was about sharing monthly eater information and yeah. i think that could be something useful for the restaurants um right. as then they would have direct access to the consumer and mm-hmm. can say send out a mailing list and oh have a 10 percent off and order yeah. this weekend type thing and I, yeah. those are incredibly attractive i know yeah. i fall for this quite often if i get <laughs> an email through like 50 percent yeah. off this weekend i'll be like okay I'm making yeah. savings and would be more likely to go for it. But I think yeah. that would be an interesting um, measure. I'm not sure if that would flag any issues for, say, data protection or data mm. issues if the this um, the apps are sharing user data with mm. a, a, essentially a third party, the the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure they could kind of get around that by adding a. Do you agree to share your data with the restaurant? Yes, um, exactly, exactly. Because so. we'll be, you know, from time to time, we'll be giving you ninety percent off your food, or like <laughs> that. Um, and you'll go, yeah, <laughs> why wouldn't I want that? So, um, so yeah, no, it is that is interesting, and um, I do. It just it just shows you where where the where the power is currently, mm-hmm. um, or you know, of these food delivery um, food delivery apps because. Um, obviously it costs a lot of money to build a network um, of delivery. Yeah. A delivery network. Um, They don't do it for free. Um, They charge the restaurants, but it almost seems now that the, the restaurants are the, you know, going from big, I mean, they, they are essentially providing the content. Mm -hmm. um, And it just seems that, you know, they, a lot of them are not keen on paying whatever it is, 30% away, um to you know to the delivery companies so um you i mean you you were mentioning weren't you about your your favorite chinese place um <laughs> sort of going it alone uh, oh yeah so yeah describe that describe that yeah no so i it came to mind really last minute actually that now that i i explained to peter that in first year i went through delivery to find the best chinese restaurant in cambridge and when i found my favorite one that was a that was a mission. That was a mission, wasn't it? Like, and I just think it's really. Can I just say, I I think I would like to say on behalf of all the residents of Cambridge um, that I think that the fact that you put yourself out there, uh, you know, for on behalf of everyone else to <laughs> to to do this, I think is really admirable. But anyway, Karen. it was enjoyable. Yeah. But, um, in the end. The one that I found, they actually have their own platform. So (laughs) now I don't order um, from them through Deliveroo or Uber Eats or whichever platform. Their website actually has their own platform where you just add the food to your basket, check out as you would on Deliveroo, (laughs) and then they deliver your food. So I was Mm. thinking perhaps other 
businesses, other restaurants could take a similar route and could set up their own online platform, their own delivery service through their website, as opposed to a website just for information purposes. Mm. Uh, a website that's essentially a delivery platform and just how mm. would have done before the likes of Just Eat came about, have yeah. delivery drivers that would just be delivering um, to the customers directly. I was thinking, I was thinking that could be a, a possible uh, route that other restaurants could take if they were not keen on paying that big commission um, mm. fee. Yeah. I mean, I do think that that is certainly interesting from the restaurant point of view. But so it's almost like they can try to cut out the likes of Deliveroo, Uber Eats, etc. But I do think on the other on the other side of the equation, you do wonder whether the delivery companies could just make a load of restaurants because I think they all they already do <clears throat> something, uh, or some of them do something similar in in dark kitchens in uh, in urban centres. And I don't mean kitchens that don't have electricity. I mean <laughs> kitchens that um, operate, but they're not that for delivery only. And they often they 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 come these kitchens are in places in urban centres which wouldn't normally have any residential or any other business properties like under railway tracks and things like that. Um, and I think that uh, you know I think that the the hardest thing to build is the is is the uh, delivery network. You know the most expensive thing to build, and they they've already done it. So you 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 do wonder whether they'll be able to make their own stuff and deliver it. Cause they, so they're kind of doing it some in some places at the moment anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. I mean, I, um, I think I've said on previous podcasts, yeah, I am probably the anti Leanne, you know, in the <laughs> sense that I really don't have any, uh, deliveries or didn't until lockdown. Um, and I just feel that, surely people will realize at some point how how it's ex- just how expensive this actually is in terms of a, a way of getting food i mean you know because i used to feel like you know when when i well when i was say broking um we so it was at one pl- i'm trying to think so the last place i was at um so that was sumitomo uh, we didn't have a canteen um and so we went out every time they wanted a coffee you wanted anything, you went out and bought it. And it was very expensive way of doing things. So even even just having, let's say, uh, a coffee, maybe say two coffees a day, plus maybe, I don't know, like a breakfast sandwich or something. I mean, that that on its own, easily 10 quid, easily, if not more. And that's just breakfast. What about if you went out for lunch as well, got a sandwich? That's Well, that's probably another, especially in London, probably best part of the tenant. So all, all together, you're looking about, let's say, 20 quid a day. That's 100 quid a week and 400 quid a month. You know, it absolutely, I mean, I know that you'll be astounded by my mental arithmetic. Yeah. That, <laughs> the, 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 you know, it actually adds up. And obviously then you add in other times when you maybe go to the pub or extra bits. It's really expensive. And then, you know, if you have the, oh, it's a Friday night, I'll have a takeaway. That's easily again twenty quid, twenty quid, you know, whatever. It suddenly it really adds up. So I mean, I kind of think that there is going to be a point where people realise actually ordering a lot is is going to is actually quite bad for the bank balance. Yeah, no doubt. But, but, I but until I, then, I have felt that. I, hmm. 
uni budget um mm. it's not always possible to order a table yeah. but when i don't fancy cooking um, yeah. my friends and i often order from this app called too good to go uh, um sounds good which, yeah <laughs> yeah and it kind of it, you feel good because a you're <laughs> eating good food but b yeah. you're also saving food from being wasted and that's something i like like i feel good on two two fronts it's <laughs> like so, you feel virtuous. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. saved some food from landfill. I really yeah. like, accomplished something. And the kind of yeah. premise that people <laughs> don't know what um, Too Good To Go is, it's basically an app where you pay a certain amount and you essentially rescue food from being wasted at the end of the day or at the end of the lunch or uh, breakfast period. So, for example, I don't know, you could get leftover donuts at the end of Krispy Kreme's working day if there are some leftover, which they're never... You can get um, breakfast. So say a hotel has a continental breakfast, you can kind of scoop up their leftover bits that would have just gone to waste anyway, and you pay very cheap prices. So mm-hmm. there's a place that my friends and I often go to. We pay £5, we get two takeaway containers, and it's a eat as much as you like buffet so you can fill up your containers with as much food as you want. Mm. So we often do that instead of going to get a, a 20 pound takeaway. And we get the same amount of food more or less for a quarter of the price almost. So mm. that's a, an alternative that, although it's not delivery, we have to walk five minutes down the road. Um, Interesting. Something that, well, that, that'll burn off some calories though, won't yeah. you? I mean, on the way, you again, feel even more virtuous. Yeah. So doubly virtuous, A, because of the calories you burn, and B, because you're saving food from landfill. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you must feel pretty good. Very good. I'd recommend it for sure. It does sound very good. Do you know what? I, I do find these things, it's quite funny. You know, um, I've, I found, amongst my friends anyway, that um, whenever, um, uh, um, you know, a, a, a female uh, describes uh, one of these buffet things, they always say... Um, as you eat as much as you like whereas when a bloke describes it he will often say eat as much as you can so there's a subtle difference with one sort of implying that there's a sort of innate competition uh into how much one can actually eat but anyway um so anyway so there we go this is what this is why everyone right this is why i was feeling hungry before this before this podcast because we were talking about this before coming on um but anyway, so there we go. So we're we're helping landfill, uh, all that kind of thing. But I do think, you know, on, on, on a serious note, I mean, I do think that the the delivery stuff is changing. It's done really well over last year. Um, you've got uh, 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 you know restaurants and stuff really trying to survive and coming through the other side of this. So they're trying to get more creative. They need to, um, you know, they need to make more profits as well. And then um, I think that de- the delivery companies are trying to continue to consolidate the advance, the um, uh, you know, the uptick that they've experienced last year. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, moving on from food, uh, yeah. <laughs> moving, on from, moving on from food. Um, so um, actually, um, I thought to move to move to gaming, right? So, um, so I, I, the thing that really got me today was. Um, Ten cent. So ten cent is one of these big, um, you know, Chinese, uh, uh, you know, tech companies, and it's huge in gaming. Right, and uh, it went down. I think something like ten percent on the news that there was a there was a, a public um, an article in a Chinese 
um, state-owned publication called the Economic Information Daily. And what that did is it published a report that described online gaming as, and the quote is, opium for the mind. Now, the thing is, investors looked at that, thought, oh, my God, um, that means that the, you know, the, the, the authorities who initially really clamped down on fintech, so specifically um, uh, um, uh, Ant Group at the end of last year, and then um, last week, the whole um, education technology, they clamped down on them as well. And, and now uh, it seems that you know, uh, investors are thinking maybe gaming is the next one in, in the line of fire. Um, and it could be to keep to keep this the uh, gaming thing going game over. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, I just thought that. I'm sorry. Uh, so anyway, so I just thought that it would be interesting to see whether this is actually, um, you know, uh, w- what's happening here. And um, the Chinese authorities have form in really coming down hard on the gaming uh, sector because and i think this goes back a few year, a couple of years i think it's 2018 ish i think when it was either someone um died gaming like a kid died gaming or and or um the emergence of um services for um people who got addicted to gaming um for instance and and you know there, there was a big public backlash and actually tencent um didn't get any gaming licenses for something like a year so it published all these it had all these games but was not allowed to release them because you got you've got to get a license before you release them um and you know the government was really cracking down on that uh, and that was really bad, obviously, for, mm-hmm. for you know, for Tencent um, and, you know, and others, but specific, but mainly Tencent because it's so dominant in online gaming. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sorry. What, yeah, what, no, what I was going to gonna just ask, did you, do you think is just a kind of Chinese thing, the Chinese government regulations, or do you think that this could be something that other governments uh, could be looking to adopt as well? Well, um, I think that it's probably mainly China at this at this moment in time. <clears throat> but, you know, I do know, for instance, in Japan, you know, there have been calls for limiting the amount of time people spend gaming and stuff like that. But I don't think that's been taken particularly seriously. Um, it seems to me that this fits in very well with the whole China cracking down on on things, you know, on behaviours that are seen to be undesirable. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, so you've got Tencent, NetEase and Billy Billy. Um, they all got, uh, you know, they all got um, sold off. And it just makes me wonder whether if you are an investor now, are you really going to want to stay uh, exposed to these kinds of companies or are you just going to, sell out of them and just go elsewhere in the region and buy other online gaming companies that aren't Chinese because you just don't know um, where where the crackdown, you know, where, where it's all going to fall down next. And it really does seem quite a, da- I mean, it's a dangerous, at the moment, it appears to be a dangerous, very dangerous minefield mm-hmm. um, in, investing in anything Chinese at the moment. Yeah. And so then what kind of regulations or changes do you think that the Chinese government might be looking to make if they were to, to bring in some new regulations, say, next week? Or mm. 
Yeah, well, they will. <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? Um, so I would have thought more restrictions on the amount of game time, mm-hmm. um, potentially a cap on you know what you can win, perhaps, mm-hmm. um, and and also uh, what you you know maybe you're not allowed to make purchase you know in-game purchases or mm-hmm. it'll be severely restricted or something. Um, I mean, especially of things that don't exist you know i mean like because i i remember and this was years ago but i remember visiting um uh, a japanese online gaming company so when i when i was a a stockbroker i uh, took uh, one time i I, uh, went over with a client and we went to visit loads of different companies one of one of which was a an online gaming company and we went in there and they were talking about this fishing game that went absolutely you know was so so popular and you know you could do things like upgrade your fishing rod um for something like whatever 600 yen um which was interesting apparently they were selling loads of these virtual fishing rods um whereas you know at that point um people were uh, not wanting to spend more than 500 yen on a, on a bento lunch right mm. um and by the way you know in japan that bento lunch absolutely stunning Um, (laughs) where you go so generally speaking you go to convenience stores whatever wherever you go they're pretty much they are pretty amazing so to not spend that on on something that's real that can fill you up and spend and but but on the other hand be willing to spend you know 600 yen on a on a fishing rod that doesn't exist (laughs) i mean you know this is the thing i wonder whether they could bring in stuff like that like you you know, you you are not allowed to charge for extra items, or if you do, there'll be a cap on how much you can pay, mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing, because that will stop it from. I think that yeah, anything that makes these things less addictive, and mm-hmm. <laughs> in other words, less profitable, yeah. um, then I think that that that's what they could do. So mm-hmm. I think that if anyone, you know, investors are invested in th- things like ten cents, I just wonder whether they, you know. Would I, what would I do? I mean, you know, would you sell out and and just, you know, just buy something else that's not Chinese at this moment in time? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. But there you go. So on the, <laughs> I guess on that bombshell, um, I think we, we've that's that's all we've got time for today. Oh, that does say it sounds like TV, doesn't it? That's, <laughs> that's all we've got time for today. I should shuffle some papers around or something. But uh, but anyway, um, it's been uh, good fun today as always, um, yeah, Leanne. Definitely. Uh, so, Thank you very much indeed. Um, and I'm just going to go and order a Chinese takeaway. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, and thank you also, obviously, for all the listeners for continuing to listen to us and uh, our chat, etc. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, hopefully we'll be back. Yeah, because yeah. Leanne might have to do something. But hopefully <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow um, and uh, we will uh, talk about more exciting stuff that's going on in the world of business and financial markets. So um, thank you very much indeed and have a lovely day and we'll be back, back soon. Many Bye. thanks. Bye. Bye.